everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 162. We talk about avoiding HubSpot workflow mistakes and replacing yourself with tools. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and features for growing your sales and marketing results. My name is Ian Jack from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Yeah, really good and feeling replaceable. That's right. We are the replaceables. That's right. In our strive for efficiency, it's all about getting tools and processes in place so that we can provide more value. And we're going to chat a little bit about that first in the inbound thought of the week, but also later in our inside of the week. That's right. So, Craig, in our inbound thought of the week, this is something I stumbled upon today, is a new report in HubSpot, and it's analyzing data to highlight trends within HubSpot. So what it's doing is using artificial intelligence, from what I can see, and it's showing you things like sessions from email increased by 170% over the last week. New contacts from email increased by 100%. I mean, the screenshot we've got and the one I had in my portal had everything going up. I wonder what happens when things start to go down. I was wondering that as well. Yeah, (laughs) trends. We only show you the good trends, so it seems like everything's working. Yeah, but that's right. It's really about analyzing, and it's probably unless the size of the data set that it can analyze as well, and also frequency, all those kind of things, especially when it's talking about email marketing and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's really interesting to see these becoming part of the actual report stack. Yes. And by the way, just a reminder, people, when we say a report in HubSpot, we're talking about one of those little widgets that appears on your dashboard. Oh, by the way, you can drill into them into a bunch of the reports yes, now, not this particular one, but um, a bunch of reports, especially trend lines and things, you can drill into them. That's right. And I think what's highlighted that there are multiple things, and I, I've highlighted there is actually a page on HubSpot that talks about artificial intelligence at work in HubSpot. And over the course of the years, we know HubSpot have actually purchased products or businesses that specialize in artificial intelligence and then have now integrated that into HubSpot. And we're starting to surface a lot of that through the, for example, the SEO tool within HubSpot is one of them where it actually uses it. Yeah, that's right. And look, it's it's kind of pretty commonplace now. People are building tools right, left and center for all this kind of insight and analysis. And as we have, well, it goes back to the data sets, doesn't it? As we have more and more data to analyze, we can actually make quite useful and insightful predictive uh, analysis. That's right. And I think there's another one that I've actually tried out, and it's a content intelligence platform, which actually hooks into HubSpot called Atomic Reach. I've heard of these guys, actually. And I noticed when you sent it to me earlier, I was like, oh, I've got a login. Correct. Oh, it's expired. I must have tried it a long time ago because I I love trying out tools. You know, folks, if there's any tools you'd like us to try, just send us a login. If you're a vendor, you've got a tool that you'd like us to try out and maybe mention on the show, send us a login and we'll take a look. Always keen to check these things out. That's right. So we encourage you to actually have a look at it because it can make a difference. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this is about avoiding workflow mistakes. This is a HubSpot blog. And you know how we've done a few episodes. This almost felt like, I was wondering if this was, um, you know how we had one on all the big mistakes we see. And then we had another one on workflows. This was kind of great combination of those two ideas. I'm not saying they took the idea from us or all, but it just kind of flagged in my mind. Oh yeah, this is a really good post. Why didn't we do an episode called... Avoiding Avoiding. workflow mistakes. Anyway, it's a really good post. They go through a few things, five key ones, actually. The one that I wanted to highlight is a bit of a gotcha. I hadn't really thought of this, but they're talking about 
using delays in workflows, especially yep. at the start of a workflow, which I actually kind of do by default yes, anyway. Yep. But it turns out there's a good reason for doing that. And that's because often a contact, say they fill out a form submit, it can be just a couple of seconds before some of those fields are updated on a contact. Mm. And so the, the author of the post was saying, let's say you had a, um, a workflow triggered by a form submit. Yep that then works on the contact, there might be fields on that contact that aren't updated until after they've already been into the workflow. Okay. So the point is, if you've got entry criteria that are dependent on a few things, not only the form, but also contact properties, they may or may not actually fire correctly. So it was one of those things where put a delay at the study workflow. If someone gets into the workflow and maybe they shouldn't have, well, you've probably got a goal or some uh, exit criteria to get them out. But just this idea, what's if you had branching that relied on some of those criteria, maybe something that they had entered in the form, unless you had a delay, it might not have picked those up correctly. So they call that a workflow mistake to avoid. I call that a deficiency in HubSpot because <laughs> there's a delay before. HubSpot should take that care of that for you, surely. Yes. However, the point remains, just be smart about that and it's pretty simple to put a minute's delay at the start of every workflow just yes. for good measure. And what's a good uh, time for delay, Craig? I'd go the minimum, so like a minute. Minute, Like yes. I don't think you can choose seconds, but, yep. yeah, all you need is 10, 20 seconds. Now, we've run into this before, right, because when you have multiple forms and you go form submit on one page goes to the next page and that yes. doesn't pre-populate with what they'd put in the previous form, it's because there's that slight delay in the record getting updated and then pulled back. So we're aware of it. I just hadn't thought of it in terms of workflows. So yep. good tip there. Thanks. So I think if you're in marketing, which some people might not realise, if someone inputs data in a form, it actually has to go into HubSpot. And then if you're trying to collect it on this the second page to display it again or to pre-fill it, it actually needs to come back. So it's doing this two-way journey. It's not just passing it from one page to the next. Just so be aware of that. All right, Craig, uh, HubSpot sales feature of the week. This is one we have been talking about as we look more into deal stages. And this is a report that's available where it talks about the time in deal stage. I know for a fact People look at this and they're trying to understand where the parts of their sales flow is stalling or are things, particular things happening at stages and it's taking too long. And so we've been looking at this across multiple clients to understand which stage is actually taking too long. And you'll probably see from a screenshot in my example, which stages are being totally missed altogether and nothing's actually going in there or they're not they're basically skipping that stage in the sales process. So that might be an indication as to understanding why it's needed or why it's not needed. So what's interesting is you'll see that they calculate an average time. And in this particular report, I've showed you, it's got two months worth of data there. So it's got the current month and the month before. That it gives you averages on. Yeah, I think, what's the data set for this particular one? It seems quite... Different, yeah. All the yeah. deals be interesting to know how many are going into that because, in one, you've got it's a- actually the deals closing in the next thirty days. Yeah, right. So you'll see that, and I've got a, obviously a date range of thirty days. So you can play around with this mm. and massage it however you see fit. Yeah, but it's exactly right. Not in that second 
stage in the sales pipeline. No one in there. They're Correct. just skipping over. So good indication that you might not need it. That's right. Or you might end up finding that there are things that sit in a deal stage that never end up moving because maybe oh, a, right, deal, a deal actually is stalled for some reason and no one's actually moved it on. Or uh, Well, that's interesting. So let's say something was caught in a deal stage. Instead of putting zero, surely it would just have the total time frame so far. Correct. wonder how they calculate that. That's interesting. Is it based right. on that actually moving out of a stage or is it based on it moving into a stage? Correct. Exactly. So there you go. But I think it's overall a really useful report if you're not using it to actually find out where in your sales process things are getting stuck Mm. and encourage you just to, at minimum, add it to your dashboard. Absolutely right. This wasn't in the earlier versions of HubSpot. And I remember clients saying, we need time and deal stage, time and deals. How do you? And they were doing all this ridiculous exporting out to spreadsheets to calculate it. So it's great that it's in there. Most sales managers live on this report. It's crucial to them. Well, a good sales manager will be looking at this closely. Yeah, excellent. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot gotcha of the week. And this is to do with Slack notifications for inbox email conversations. All right. It's a bit of a tongue twister right there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> conversations, which I don't know if I like the name or not. Um, yeah, so now this, this can include email and... Chat. Chat. Yeah. And possibly Facebook chat as well although Correct. I haven't which will come yeah I haven't yeah. actually implemented that this gotcha is so we're using conversations for support so we've got a team inbox set up going into conversations in HubSpot and it's the support basically the support desk for our brands there's an option to get slack notifications when you look at the inbox yes. settings I was like oh great because Whenever a new conversation comes in to the team inbox, we just want to note in our Slack channel, bang, oh, there's someone, jump on it quickly. Anyway, it turns out the gotcha is that only works for chat conversations, not, not email. For email conversations. So I was like, oh, okay. And it is there and I've actually highlighted it in the screenshot. So it does actually say that, but I totally missed it. And of course, I got under HubSpot support. i tell you what, HubSpot support, they never... They're, back, they're less than five minutes now. I, I just get the phone call every time. They call me. Anyway, they sorted this out for me. They go, oh, yeah, no, actually, that's not the case. And you can't actually get notifications in the Slack channel for email conversations. All right? So that's the gotcha. But what you can do is get personal notifications in your HubSpot notification settings for your personal profile Yes. to go into the HubSpot app channel. That's right. So not an actual hash channel in Slack, but into your own HubSpot channel. So we've just got some screenshots showing how you set that up. And you can basically get notifications for an email conversation that's unassigned or is assigned to you. There's a whole bunch of them as well. That's correct. And this is in in your individual profile and preferences where you need to actually have the global notification for Slack turned on. Yes. And then go check what are the different notifications you can have and enable them. And we have highlighted them in the show notes. If you ever get stuck, just head over to this episode. Yeah, and you've basically got to get all your team to do it individually on their own profiles. You can't kind of force it globally. All right, Craig, on to the marketing tip of the week. Adding FAQ schema to a web page via Google Tag Manager. Yeah, so I wanted to throw in one for the geeks here. So this is two things, schema markup on your web pages and two, using Google Tag Manager to do it. I'm not going to go into it, but there's a link here to the post, but here's the two takeaways. First, schema markup is really important for Google 
SEO. Yeah. And FAQ markup is probably one of the easiest or that many people would have on their website. So if you've got an FAQ page on your site, you can actually create FAQ schema markup. And that kind of sits behind the page. Google looks at it when it's crawling and goes, oh, right, I'll pull this out as some can often pop up in questions people ask. And the second thing is, well, we kind of had to do that in our web content management system. How would we do it? So, for example, how would you add it to a page on a HubSpot page? Mm. It's actually pretty hard. So here you can use Google Tag Manager to do it. So the second takeaway is if you're not yet using Google Tag Manager, you should. It's time to get on board. You've got to be using Google Tag Manager, not only for inserting Google Analytics and other scripts, but for doing things like this, it's going to become more and more the case. All right. On to our insight of the week, Craig. And we're going to talk about the value of tools. And this is driven really by a conversation that we had in uh, Inbound Thought of the Week, which was about artificial intelligence and what is uncovering through data by the use of platforms that we're using. So, do you consider tools to be a cost or an investment in your business? That's right. That's the question to ask, right? Because if you ask most business owners who are paying for it, oh, we want to get this tool, XYZ tool to do something, they're like, oh, how much does it cost? And really what you should be saying, oh, how much does it save? So, I mean, you know my agency and I, I know your agency. We use tools a lot. I mean, HubSpot's a tool, right? And okay. it's an expensive tool. And yet, how much does it save us? Incredible. So... What the insight we're trying to get across this week is really about thinking of it more as a cost saving. And that's what we're trying to look. What's the value of a tool? And in fact, going further, often the saving is in versus staffing. So buy a tool or hire staff and think about, well, how many staff do you need to do a certain tasks that they're doing now? And can yep. you replace that with a tool? And so we use a ton of tools. Yes. And I know you do as well. And we're always looking for more tools to use because... Uh, makes us more efficient. But it's not only efficiency, it's also repeatability. It's also about accuracy and therefore the opposite of that, which is avoiding errors. It's all these things. So the question is, how can you think about using tools instead of using staff? That's the first thing. Here's the flip side. What are you doing yourself, dear listener, that can be replaced with a tool? What are you Mm -hmm. doing today that can be replaced with a tool? Because if it could be replaced with a tool, why are you still doing it? And in fact, you need to be thinking about what are you going to be doing tomorrow? So it's not only, oh, yeah, great for you, replace team with tools. It's like someone's going to replace you with a tool. So how are you actually adding value? Correct. And you know what? Tools that are really good actually show you, for example, time you've saved from using their tool to achieve a particular task or outcome. And there is a particular tool that we both use that does that in the paid advertising space. So I think that's fantastic. And if you think about all the tools that you use and calculate what that saving is or the outcome you're getting and the speed you're getting it at, I think that will more than pay for it. So we'd love you to actually tweet us and tell us what tools you're using in your day-to-day life. could be in your business, but I mean, there are tools that we use in our day-to-day life a really simple one I'll share with you is on the iPhone, right? I was um, using it the other day. I've got an iPhone 10. The way I was swiping across to get to different apps, some of my friends saw me and they go, hang on, can you do that? Instead, they were like closing the, the app they were in, then going back to the home screen and then searching for the app that they wanted to open and then opening the app. Move your finger at the bottom of the screen. 
you can actually slide between all the open apps on your phone. I did not know that. <laughs> can so I do it on my own, on my iPhone SE? There is a similar thing on on a, on an iPhone SE. Ah, to do okay, that. cool. So that's one. Another one that. But, but hang on. That's not, you're not exactly replacing no. <laughs> staff members with that. That's a hack. I don't know if that's that is, a tool. That is a hack. And, and you know, like, and this is what, I, what I'm saying is that there are lots of different, uh, say, apps on your iPhone that can help you save time or remember things better or get things done faster where you might have been taking longer time to do. Mm, no, that's exactly right. So it's all around efficiency. I look, some of the tools, so what tools do you use in your agency or even uh, with your clients? terms of marketing that actually are saving. You mentioned one before, which was Optimizer, I think you're yes, referring to. Yes, correct. Atomic Reach is another one that I've been testing out. We use Ahrefs. Yep. SEMrush. That's or right. Or is it SEMrush? Let's have a debate about that. <laughs> yeah, things like that. Sanity Check is one we use. It analyzes Google Search Console and just pulls out striking distance keywords, saves. We used to spend hours doing that kind of analysis for clients. Now it just does it in a second. It's all these different tools. Accuranca, Databox. Yeah, reporting. Just getting dashboards ready. I mean, you might think, oh, reporting's not really that groundbreaking tool. Well, when it's beautiful to use, automated updates automatically and can be just shared with the client that's saving tons of hours and that's giving right. them real-time insights so yeah bunch um, of tools yeah there's another one zapier zapier oh. and we both use it for different things so you do use it to push data from one system to into hubspot zapier is our uh and tara if you uh, one of our team she just loves zapier now the things she is doing with zapier yes <laughs> it's incredible you know, if anything you take out of this whole conversation, if you just go and look at Zapier and figure out what are the things you can automate or speed up, and you'll see, like, there's a whole, if you put in the tools that you're using, you get a whole bunch of recipes. <laughs> I'd encourage you just to go and do that. Well, and, and let's just finish with pulling this back to HubSpot. Yes. And in fact, workflows, as we've said in many episodes, just setting up well-thought-out workflows alone can save you hours and hours the price of admission alone for HubSpot. Absolutely. All right, Craig, on to our podcast of the week, Inbound Happy Hour. Shout out to Chris Higgins. That's right, inboundhappyhour.com. Episode one is live. There you go, Inbound Happy Hour, good name. That's right. All right, on to our resource of the week, Craig. Yeah, look, two blog posts from Christy Hines, wonderful writer, I've uh, been following her for years. She's got two months to post. They're both about example ads. She's basically taken a whole bunch of screenshots of Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads across various industries and things like that. And what's great is you see the engagement each of these ads have. So if you're after a bit of inspiration on ads that are getting responses on those platforms, have a look at these. And yeah, let us know if you actually find something that works for you. If anything, go through them because you might actually gain some inspiration of what is working and what's not, what you have not tried before. The things that I noticed is the imagery that is often used depending on industry. Like some industries, they just use nice images and the messaging is in the text underneath. And then other industries, they use, you know, image that really has a lot of text in the image. And look, it's always test and measure, but I actually find that interesting. You know, one of our clients where we, they were spending a lot of time creating these elaborate banners with their logo and branding and all of that. We did a few tests on just like using stock images, I'm almost embarrassed to say, and they got much better response. People yes. just like these inspirational mm. um, or aspirational images. Yep. 
pushing through to a, a download a brochure and stuff like that. So it's just around test and measure. Yes. how it works. And that's what you'll probably see across platforms now, especially Google ads, giving the machine images, headlines, descriptions to actually test combinations and see what works and then use that in your collateral and so on. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. You don't have to be big to make a big difference in the world. And that's from Norbert. Norbert the dog, who we love you, Norbs, on Instagram. He's an Instagram celebrity puppy. He is. Uh, so, so cute, my goodness. But the wisdom in that's that That's right. So we'd encourage you to go follow Norbert the dog and actually see what's going on. As always, there are a few bonus links of the week. We'd love you to leave us a star rating on Apple Podcasts as this really helps us. You don't have to write anything. Just click how many stars you like us and that will help us greatly. And we'd love you to share the podcast with anybody else in your team that would benefit from listening to this and learning about HubSpot. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.